Hey, canners, it's time for 30 minutes of unadulterated and uncensored shenanigans. Get ready to call HR because you're going to need sensitivity training after this. Gear up because it's going to hurt worse than writ training in July. Welcome to the Can Man Radio Show with your host, Jason Liska. Episode 5 of the Can-Man Radio Show, coming to you from Weirsdale, Florida today, from my home, just outside of the villages, and today we have a special guest, we have our patriarch, our sponsor, and uh, pretty much the head canner of all things, Chief Joel Miller here today, and from the Chief Miller apparel brand, the Chief Miller ambassadors, ChiefMiller.com, you name it, he's got everything Chief Miller. Welcome to the program today, Chief. Thank you for having me. So... We've done a lot today. We've been all over Central Florida. We had breakfast with Chief Miller this morning, Danny Miller, and we we were able to break bread with him after his cardiac arrest. And then we moved forward into going up to the fire college. We visited some fire stations, met some firefighters, stuff that you like to do, essentially. That's right. And you like to meet firefighters because, first and foremost, they're your greatest supporters. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. I have no doubt that they enjoy meeting you as well. And it's kind of funny. You said there were a few people who are like confused you with a different fire chief inside Central Florida at one point, right? Yeah, apparently there's several Chief Millers or, or have been over the over time here in Central Florida. So, yeah, they got me confused with a couple different uh, chiefs, but we got it all lined out. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you were able to come up and make the time to spend the day with us. More importantly, to see Chief Danny Miller this morning. And, you know, it was such a blessing to see him sitting there at the breakfast table after uh, having a cardiac arrest, you know, incident just, what, three weeks ago now yeah. at this point? Um, the, the remarkable improvement he's made, uh, he's up and moving, he's talking, he's getting back to a normal way of life. And, you know, you're able to share some special moments with him. And, and I'm going to ask you what your takeaway from that was today. You know, the whole thing is, um, we do not look at physical fitness the way we should and in the fire service. And it's something that can happen to any of us I mean he's a prime example he was a, a fit man mm-hmm. um, and have a cardiac arrest and then his recovery is just it, it's a miracle honestly and to see him I mean that gives me inspiration to to get healthy again um, you know to get back into some the gym and get where I need to be I, I think that he is a, a good example of that for everybody Um, And it's just a remarkable story. You know, we're both men in our 40s in this profession, and it feels like the older we get, the harder it is to maintain a good level of fitness. And especially with the mindset, I mean, you work a stressful job as a fire chief, okay? You you don't have opportunity to sit down and focus on you at all times. And then working on the field side of things as a lieutenant, I, you know, my station's busy. We ran 19 calls yesterday, and eating was junk food at best, and, and we didn't have a chance to really sit down and rest throughout the course of the day. So so the changes we have to make, I feel, are, are pivotal, especially at our age. And there's lots of studies out there about sleep deprivation and the need for better health and better nutrition. And you're changing things up for yourself, actually. You're adding a new regimen to your fitness, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm getting back in the gym. So, I, you know, I was on a, um, 
I'm gonna say a fitness kick, but a, a lifestyle change uh, a year and a half ago. Um, lost some weight, was much healthier than I am now. Then things changed and work changes and yep. um, so many more hours, not enough time in the day. But I, so this week I'm, I'm getting ready to start a new gym regiment. Um, Live On Labs is, is helping me out with that. And um, they're helping me get back into shape and get where I need to be. You know, you lead by example and yep. or you lead from the front and I can't expect my men to step up and, and do the same thing unless I'm doing it. So I'm going first. And there are very few leaders out there that actually see that as a necessity to lead from the front. You know, everybody wants to be the manager that pushes people into something. And you're taking the initiative to show them, hey, I'm 47, you know, I'm a chief, I get that, but you know what, I may not be in the line anymore, but I understand what you guys have to go through. I understand the physical requirements of the job, uh, the fact that you gotta pull hose, you gotta drag people through buildings, you know, you gotta carry people out on a gurney, depending on the call. You need to be in good shape for that, reasonably good shape for that heck walking up our hill we both felt it you yeah. know walking up the hill in our backyard that was a, a heck of an experience that was a workout for the day in itself after what we ate this morning that's right and you know even as a as a chief um you never know where you're put in the situation that that you're gonna have to pitch in and, and get somebody else out or do something that you may not normally do on a, on a routine basis so you got to be just as healthy and, and fit as everybody else. You know, and as our patriarch, as a, and I like to call you the patriarch. I hope you understand why. It's it's a great right. title for you. There you go. Uh, you know, you sponsor eight podcasts essentially, right? Yeah. You're, you, you bring in many different ambassadors to your brand. You give them recognition, the opportunity to express themselves, share their department, their experiences. Um, you know, you overall bring a lot of value with your position. And it didn't come easy. It took a lot of hard work to get to where you're at didn't it oh extreme amount of hard work you know and that's the thing um, a lot of people will say well it, my social media has failed or, or my business has failed it's because it is it is not a light commitment it's a huge commitment um, just like your job is a huge commitment and mm -hmm. it's just another job and a, a commitment that you got to follow through on you, you can't um, halfway do anything and be successful at it. No, and therefore, where you sit today, you started this social media journey when? Ooh, several years back, I, I would say, you know, Instagram hadn't been out that long. Um, it's all started with Instagram. I have a good following on Facebook, a couple hundred thousand followers on Facebook, but Instagram's where it's all started. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's been a long journey. You know, I didn't start the the page to be what it is today um it was just a personal page of mine and yeah. it wasn't a fire page necessarily and it started um i started posting a few fire pictures and other people asked me to post and i said one a week and then you know i and then i said okay every day for you know other week i'll post one and then it became 50 a day. And it grew. It, it grew overnight, grew. basically. Yeah. I think what you said at breakfast this morning was, yeah, I was doing it one day. I said I'd only do five days. And then all of a sudden, it was the next day. I was like, every two days I'm posting. So, you you know, and then it's awesome because there are not many people out there in the social media realm that actually want to collaborate. You know, they want their own identity, their own recognition. 
and it's important, granted, to have your own identity. You've established that, you know, and helping guys like me, you know, helping a small movement like the Can Man, it, it's incredibly refreshing to have your leadership and, and your expertise lend to me to help build my following. And again, not nearly as big as yours. And, and I told you earlier, I, I don't need 100,000 followers to get the, the message out. My goal is to be able to, have, to deliver an effective message about mentoring and leadership and being there for people. People. And you and I share a lot of the same, you know, ideologies about leadership and mentoring. We both agree that there's a huge gap in that right now. There's a huge loss in the mentorship aspect. We need more mentors out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's where um, we've fallen short in the fire services is we're not mentoring like we, we should be. Um, we have to get the next generation always ready. Um, you know, I, I heard once... As a leader, you'll plant a seed mm -hmm. for a tree that you will never see the shade from. And that's what we have to do. We have to plant those seeds mm -hmm. because those probies, they someday will be chiefs. Yep. They'll be captains, lieutenants, you know, so on and so forth. And so if we don't work with, with the people we have and make them better, um, I think your story was, was great that you, that you gave to me today. Um, it, it's just... People have to care. I mean, that sounds simple, but also sounds ridiculous, but that's what it boils down to. Well, it, it comes down to getting into this profession, not just for the, the simple fact of the title, but the right reasons. You know, we're servants in this community. Okay, when we join the fire service or you join law enforcement, you're you're no longer, um, uh, you're, you're not just an individual. You're a person who is dedicated to serving others at whatever cost it takes. And that's a lot of commitment. And a lot of people don't understand that. And they misjudge their, I guess, their direction or their thought process behind becoming firefighters. And, you know, you see good success stories and you see people that fall by the wayside. But there's definitely... Um, a movement I feel that needs to be created to help push forward that generation and it's not that they're incapable of doing it I've said it before you know my my partner in crime Mark Goldfeder has backed it up with the science and the logic we have the generation in front of us that has the greatest potential to multitask and do things that are beyond our own capabilities at our age the problem is harnessing them to stay with one profession and then leading them to great success in that profession well, I think, I think one thing is, you know, we don't bother to learn about our brothers and sisters anymore. Um, and what I mean by that is we need to help move these people forward. We need to know how to communicate with them. Of course. Um, how to move them, how to motivate them. Um, you know, I, my assistant chiefs, my guys can walk in in the day. And the first two seconds, I, I can I know something's wrong mm -hmm. with them, uh, you know, or they're having a good day, bad day, um, how the day's going to go, because I took the time uh, to learn them. Okay. You know, um, and unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, the four guys on the truck, they don't know each other, and not every day is going to be a good day for everybody. Nope. And we need to know how to pick up our brother or sister um, on the days that they're off. Okay. Or how to change our routine for that day. And then, and like I said, how to communicate with them. Um, this, this new generation communicates differently. They do. And if you can just figure that out, 
um, you're golden. I've said to people before who have asked me, how do you connect with the 20-somethings when I'm a 40-something? Well, what are they like? What are they into? Find common ground. There's always that ability to do so if you're willing to take a moment to get to know them instead of just shutting them out because they're younger and you think they're dumber before it. You know, we were young once. We, we came up in this profession and I, you know, I firmly believe that my predecessors tried to make it better than they found it when they brought it to me and they taught me as mentors to move forward in this profession with passion and compassion and love for what we do and not being perfect but just embracing the fact that the level of service we give is second to none and, and, and we want to be good stewards of our community but in the same aspect we often forget that you know these kids just don't get enough of that guidance and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there have been gaps in hiring, uh, people have jumped ship to go to other departments, your average age of seniority is anywhere between 25 and 26 years old with five years on the job. And you know, it's funny because they all want to do something good, but they, they somehow get neglected. And we've got to try to figure out a way to avoid that neglect from becoming a bigger issue. And I'm afraid we're heading in that road. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. You know, and sometimes I've talked to captains. They're like, well, they're always on their phone or whatever. You know, I said, if you start the conversation, they will listen. Yep. You know, that's all they're wanting. They're, they're wanting you to, to talk to them. They're wanting to know about how the job was or what you've done on the job. And, and they may Google it afterwards. They're going to Google it know, afterwards. But they will put down that phone if you talk. That's the thing. Sit them down and talk to them. And you'd have that conversation. A lot of uh, houses say, well, no phones at the dinner table or whatever, and that's mm -hmm. fine. But have those conversations, and you'll see a, a difference in, in those young generation um, because their, their thirst for knowledge is, is so great. Yeah. And um, they're learning it off the Internet. They because, are learning it off, absolutely. And it's because we're not bothering to help them. Well, because we don't want to take the time to identify with them. And, and that's the struggle, unfortunately. And it's absolutely right. You know, these kids, they'll learn. And at the same time, they'll challenge you, or at least you feel like you're being challenged because they're going to want to Google whatever you tell them. Oh, no, that's not exactly true because Google says so. Um, Yesterday, I uh, had a young man ride with us. He, he took his first class outside of standards, uh, 21 years old, okay? He's a firefighter getting ready to take his national registry for EMT. He's getting ready to apply for a job with my department uh, and, and solely based on his experience. He got to ride with us and you know we sat down and talked about his uh, potential, his goals. And one of the big things I asked him, I said, what's your plan from point A to point B? I don't know. I said, well, what do you want to accomplish? He goes, well, I want to be a chief one day. I said, that's the standard answer I hear from a lot of people because that's the answer in the interview that chiefs want to hear, quote unquote. Oh, you want to take my spot? That shows ambition. Well, it's great, but how do you plan on getting there? Do you plan on going to school? Are you going to take college classes, get your associates, your bachelors? Those are all necessities in our profession. Whether we like it or not, it's a necessary evil. It's a trade vocation in a sense, but we have the uh, requirement to get a higher education. Now, Fast forward into uh, the consideration that um, one of the things I wanted to point out to him was in order to get from point A to point B, write a contract for yourself. Set goals. In that contract, say, I'm going to step one, 
get my national registry EMT accomplished. Step two, I'm going to start applying for jobs. Step three, I'm going to get my CPAT. Step four, I'm going to interview wherever I get an, app, an opportunity to interview. And then take it from there. And then when you get hired, focus on the first five years of your career. Get those career, get those career goals set. I firmly believe that the first five years is probably the most important in a firefighter's career path because think about it, you're coming off probation. From probation, you're going into the next year, which is probably going to be your year to go to paramedic school, or if you're already a medic, maybe you go start taking classes in the USAR discipline. You might start taking fire officer classes, driver operator. There's so many opportunities, but if you don't take those opportunities, where are you going to be at year five? Where are you going to be at year six? What about year seven? How are you neglecting your career? And where are we failing these kids by not giving them that guidance? Well, I think one thing is, too, is um, those first few years, those new people need to be in good houses. Okay. Um, good people that will take the time, train with them, talk with them, guide them, mentor them, and um, make them, um, not say accountable for their goals, but... Um, help them to to get to their goals and so that's kind of where we fail sometimes is they may go to a bad house uh, some guys that are getting ready to retire and don't want to, to do the stuff as much we have to place those new people early on in good houses so they can become the leaders what's concerning though is that it may not be our age group regardless of their time in service because again that disconnect and if their own peers in levels of authority can't identify with them in that aspect we've got an even bigger problem so how do you as a fire chief make that connection you like to get to know your people okay you like to obviously understand who they are you have how many people in your department i have a small department i only have 13 people okay so it's fairly easy for me all right but you know i list uh steve p we were talking about him earlier you know um he used to go around to stations and spend the day at different stations coffee talk i'm so, i'm guessing right i mean or yes. anthrax talk i'm sorry just yeah, you know <laughs> heavy metal um so you know, and and he would throw his gear on the on the rig sometimes and, and make runs with them, and he gets to know them. Yeah. Um. So the higher it goes, sometimes we get a, or unfortunately get away from that. Um. But with for me, it, it's just sitting down at the table, you know, and, and talking and just having this conversation like we're having today, and, and yeah. Um. That's where you learn people. Um. Their their what they need. Mm -hmm. to, to make it um, what problems they have going on in the day how you can help them you know we have to help our brothers and sisters in any way we can and like I said we don't always have an on day and and we just have to recognize that sometimes and and go with it and pick up some slack and as the chief I you know our foundational leadership program that we teach through the cornerstone group we look at the chief officer level as the roof of the structure the protector and it's your obligation to ensure that just like with me when my crew shows up if there's a problem I need to handle it right there and if I can't get it handled I need to lead to the next step especially if it's a personal issue because I got to make sure our crews are ready to go when they show up to work their problems become my problems and you you act as a big shelter to your people you definitely have to protect him at the chief level and that can't always be an easy job can it uh, no it, it isn't I mean even with the small department um, there's a lot of things uh, bigger departments have a lot more chiefs 
you know, yep. all the way to the yep. top. And, yep. and a lot of that gets deflected before it gets to it. With me being having two assistant chiefs, I get a lot more of that. And it is difficult, um, and, but it's very, it's very stressful some days. But it's, it's also um, worthwhile. It, it, um, it can be a great thing also that you help develop these people, help with problems. You, you um, take those worries from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you, your firemen are worrying about stuff that firemen shouldn't worry about. It, that chiefs need to worry about. True. And and so you have to show them that, that you're handling the situation. And it goes along with my thought process. Uh, I guess it's a shared thought process uh, between us and even Mark. The external factors that we have no control over. You know, why do we wrap ourselves up in the unnecessary details of things, okay? My purview, my job is station 52, all right? That's that's my control. I, I have my, my crews. They work with me, for me. We work together as a team. I don't have to worry about them because, I well, one, I empower them to do the best job possible. But, two, I need to be able to make sure that their their morale, their mindset are all in check and not so much worrying about what the station down the road or admin is doing because, one, it's above their pay grade. And secondary, you know, a lot of the information they get is misinformation and it's rumor mill. And, and you know, they start worrying about things that really have no bearing on their day, but they make it so. And it makes it difficult. Yeah, because, you know, um, firemen have a lot of time to think. Too much time. Yeah. So, you know, you're sitting there for 24, 48 hours, and and uh, if it's a slow day especially. Not yesterday. You know, it's, yeah, you had a good day. I mean, 19 calls, but. Oh, it was a great day. <laughs> oh, it's an ass kicker. I'm just telling you that. Oh, Lord have mercy. But, you know, some days the, the wheels don't turn. No. And uh, so those are the days that the, the rumors start flying. And I. I've been away. I'll be away for a week before I go back, and yeah. there'll be something I have to clear up. You know, it's just because I was out, and and the rumor mill starts. Well, the funny thing is, I, I feel the rumor mill is it, it, it's an animal that has its own energy, its own life force, and you know, you, you can take one one component of information and totally displace the mindset of of the masses with just a simple bit of dissemination and it's scary how powerful that rumor mill can be oh yeah and i mean it, it, it's very powerful but you know it's the fire service as a whole is may not even department we talked about this earlier social media oh yes you know um there's people that hate me that has never met me uh they don't know me so but they hate me you're such a terrible person so i know i mean it's just me and um, but it's just because that that rumor meal. Well, and they don't get the chance to sit down and get to know you. And I, I know a lot of people reach out to you daily, and you can't answer everybody. Maybe you can't respond to all the requests for guidance, support, a decal. I mean, granted, I I, I know you give more away than you you sell. You you're like me. You want to give that help, that guidance, that information. I believe mentoring has its place in life, and. You know, my wife often says, you, you you have value there, okay? You have you have to utilize that value and make it pay it for you know, make it 
make it pay for itself in a sense. But I get greater reward out of giving it to people. I, I enjoy that aspect of it, and you do too. You're you're big. You're a big guy. You're a caring guy. You love people. You love firefighters. You love your profession, and it shows with everything you do for all of us. Well, thank you for that. Oh, it's it's very much appreciated. I mean. This morning when we sat with Danny, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the people that were at that table are probably the closest people to him. And I'm talking about my friend Jason, who's my counterpart on the Venom team, his wife Amanda, of course, you know, Danny's wife Megan. You know, that's his inner circle right there. And it's a blessing, one, to know them because they're all good people. And they were the first and the long-term people that were there every day to support Megan. And when you stepped up to the challenge and you created the Miller Strong shirt for Danny, I mean, right then and there, I I, I immediately appreciated the person you were, not just because, you know, of, of your branding, but because you showed you showed your true nature as as a humble and caring human being and that's few and far between it's few and far between well i you know i look at it as this uh if i cannot help a brother in need then i'm failing okay um i may not be able to help everybody but for this instance i could and you know helping that brother in, in, in need means a lot to me. Um, I don't care if it's a brother or a sister or who it is. It's just one of the family. Yep. You know, and um, I don't have to have ever met Danny. I'm, I'm appreciative I, I did, but for him to be a family member and somebody in need and somebody I could help. Well, for that, I thank you. And for all you do. Um, moving forward into one final thought process. Empowering your people to do good where do you feel as chief you you play the biggest part in that how do you empower your people um lead by example okay you know and and here's why 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 i say that is if they see that i'm doing things right or trying to do things right Mm -hmm. i am looking out for the betterment of the department and moving the department forward they will do the same okay all right, and those are powerful words. And I want again, you know, we're looking at a, a, a another podcast that we've accomplished, number five, and it's been a pleasure to have Chief Joel Miller here, our patriarch, uh, our our Overwatch, as they say. And it's been a pleasure to be able to break bread with you and spend the day with you and travel throughout Central Florida, meeting other firefighters and just seeing how you do what you do. And I want to thank you for being with me today. And we can still get Chief Miller shirts out there. Is that correct? That's right. Chief Miller Strong Shirts is available at chiefmillerapparel.com. And 100% of the profit goes to help Danny Chief Miller out. That's outstanding. So from all of us to you, we thank you for joining us for Episode 5 of the Can Man Radio Show. As always, God bless. Keep your head on a swivel and know that we'll be back with another episode, probably with uh, my partner in crime, Mark Goldfeder. People like to listen to him. And one of these days you'll hear the two of us interact. I'm telling you, we did great today. But when you hear Mark and I, it's pretty scary. It gets a little wild and crazy. It is. But thank you again for being with us. God bless again. And keep your head on a swivel as always. I'll see you soon. You just survived 30 minutes of online training with the Can Man Radio Show. Did you remember to train your probie today? The Can Man knows. He knows everything. When that 2 a.m. lift assist drops, the Can Man will be thinking of you in his dreams.